Welcome back, everybody, to the Vince August podcast. This is episode five, and what you hear playing in the background is now the new and official Vince August podcast song. Um, I started off with Fallout Boy. My songs know what you did in the dark. Uh, and then someone else suggested, you know what? No, you got to use Sirius from the Alan Parsons Project, which is the song that the Chicago Bulls used to come out to. You know, that that's much more in line with, you know, who you are and what this podcast is. And then I, I got another message from a, a, a friend who uh, started a new band called Deck 3, D-E-C in the number three. Uh, John Haber, who is a, a huge fan of the podcast, said, Vin, me and the band want to put together a song for you. We love the podcast. We love what you're trying to do. Let us design and let us come up with an instrumental specifically for you. I said, do it. And that is the new podcast song. It will be the only podcast song. And the name of the song is We Are Friends. And at the end of this podcast, I will finish out with the rest of that great tune. Please look up this band. Uh, John Haber is a guy who was uber successful running Alto Music, which is a huge distributor of musical instruments worldwide. And he was an amazing musician in his own right, but he was always in the business end, selling instruments and, you know, always had the bug to, to be in a band and put a band together. And finally, the pieces fell into place for him. And he said, you know, screw it, I'm going to do it. And he's just launched this band. They've got tremendous press. They've been on uh, all kinds of media stuff now. They already have music videos out. Uh, Put Some South in Your Mouth is a great song. And I'm, I'm definitely a fan of the band, not just because he's a friend of mine. It's, it's a great rock band. That, that's a great rock tune, and you're going to hear that at the end. Let's get into the podcast. This is one I have been dying to get to. Um, I am... Very excited about tackling this subject because it's a subject that I have seen, discussed, and debated in the media, talked about in the media, and our media ignores and provides misinformation on a regular and consistent basis. And this specific topic is one that drives me insane, and that is the topic of child safety and dangers in school and the perils that they face. And this is specifically going to the most recent school shooting uh, in Washington. There's, you know, you you have people that really jump all over this topic. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell is one. Uh, She is one of those people that jumps on this topic and, you know, is all about the gun ban, is all about um, getting rid of guns, and that's the main danger that um, kids face in school. That is the number one thing that goes wrong in schools with regards to child safety. You have other groups out there that really focus. I know Mayor Bloomberg from New York City has an entire website designed to go after all of the issues surrounding guns and violence in schools. And the statistics that they put out are very misleading. What they're saying is since the Newton, Connecticut shooting, there have been 15 cases of, I'm sorry, 74 
cases of gun violence in the country with regards to shootings at schools and mass shootings and the violence surrounding that. And CNN just did a report to explain that that number is not, in fact, accurate. Um, I'm looking at the headline right now. It's a, a, a report, a closer look, how many Newton-like school shootings since Sandy Hook. And what this article does, and it's, it has video as well, it talks about the massacres at schools and you know what's going on. And, and one of the websites that Michael Bloomberg put together is called Every Town for Gun Safety is one of these websites putting out misinformation. And the number that they put out, they say there's 74 of these mass shootings since this occurred, and it's not true. The number is actually 15. Now, let me qualify right now what I'm talking about. It's not about the fact that I'm saying there's not violence in schools. There shouldn't be something about this. That's not what this is about. What this podcast is about is about what our media will shove down your throat as being a danger when there are other dangers they do not want to discuss. There are things that will affect your children in schools by leaps and bounds statistically in dramatic numbers that will not be discussed in the media, but instead what they will do is they will focus on something like gun violence because it's, again, the the thing I always say, it gets more ratings, it gets more attention. Not only that, the other thing that the media will do is they will shy away from certain subjects that the government does not want you to know, does not want you to hear, because they don't want you to be alarmed by the truth of what's really happening. So let's talk about actual statistics. Leading causes of death for children ages 5 to 14, and I got this from the website Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Okay, they have the statistics in 2011. The number one cause of deaths for children is unintentional injury. Homicide was topped by suicide. So there's a better chance of a child committing suicide than actually being killed by another child in any circumstance. Forget about school shootings. And the numbers are pretty There's a big disparity. 2010, again, ages 5 to 14, unintentional injury. Unintentional injury always tops the number one um, cause of deaths for children. 2010, suicide tops homicide. 2009, death by suicide tops homicide. 2008, death by suicide tops homicide. You have to go all the way back to 2007, to find the first year when homicide tops suicide in cause of death for children ages 5 to 14. So, what is the real thing killing our children? Is it other kids coming to school with guns? Or is it children taking their own lives? Well, the statistics show 
you've got a better chance of your child taking their own life before someone else takes it from them when you're comparing homicide to suicide. So what what do these numbers mean? These numbers mean that one of the topics discussed with regards to all of these issues, school shootings, violence in school, is child mental health. Are we trying to attack guns and the gun lobby as what's being used as the means to carry out these actions and failing to recognize the more important issue here, which is child mental health, well-being, and stability. In this country, the one body part organ we fail to treat, we fail to provide medical insurance for. Listen, you can get 10 chiropractor visits. You can get all kinds of physical therapy sessions. The one thing insurance for the most part, does not cover psychotherapy. Nobody wants to treat the brain. Instead, what they do now is throw medicine at the problem. But this is what our country has become. Our, med- our country has become this throw medicine at the problem solving country. We don't deal with the issues. And the issue with regards to suicide and homicide is tied to mental well-being. So what is going wrong? Where are we failing kids ages 5 to 14 that they're committing suicide and offing themselves in these kinds of numbers? Well, one of the things I honestly believe is diet. I think it's food. I think it's the chemicals kids are ingesting. I think a lot of the food today is so tainted with whether it be pesticides, whether it be all kinds of GMOs, everything going into the food today is about... See, listen, when I grew up as a kid, we didn't have nearly the number of people that we have today, and we ate completely different. Everything wasn't bad for you when you were a kid, okay? Now, all of a sudden, everything is bad for you, and it's amazing. You go into a supermarket, and it's like really working your way through a, a, a minefield, You have to read labels. You have to constantly know what it is that you're putting in your cart. I don't remember this as a kid. I really don't. We didn't have all of this, you know, farm-raised versus, um, you know, these mass-produced animals and the animals getting steroids and the animals not getting steroids. The numbers game in our country and the consumption of food created this. Okay, great. So now we have this need to create more food. So what do we do? We start pumping these animals with steroids. Well, that goes into the animal, and the animal goes into us. I honestly believe that that's one of the things causing a chemical imbalance. The other issue, I think with the advent of two parents working, with parents constantly dropping their kids off at you know, sport to music to this to that, I, I think the lack of family interaction is at an all-time high. I One of my favorite things to see on Facebook is I love to see pictures of parents and kids doing things together. That is my favorite thing. If you say, Vin, what do you want to see on Instagram? What do you want to see on Facebook? That is what I want to see. 
interaction with family. There are certain some moms out there that are constantly putting up pictures of their them and their kids going to parks, going on nature walks, going to games together. Oh my God, I love that. I absolutely love that. I don't want to see you drop your kid off from sporting event to sporting event to sporting event. I don't want to see that. I also don't want to see you use your kid as a prop for you to get likes on your Facebook page because I see a lot of that. You know, look how awesome my kid is. This is my kid. Look how cute my kid is. Look at my kid's new school outfit. Look, no, don't use your kid as a prop to get to garner attention. Okay, your kid is not a prop. Okay, with regards to the kids playing games, I love it that kids are involved in activities. What I want to see, though, is the interaction at home because with cell phones, which are no longer cell phones, they're mini computers. Okay, with the smartphone devices, with computers, iPads, laptops, YouTube, no one sits around a television anymore. Nobody. That used to be a thing. Here was my day growing up as a kid. Wake up, breakfast, go to school. Get home, 2.30 in the afternoon, get out of my school uniform, have a snack. If it was nice weather outside, run outside. There was a field or a park we all played in until 5 o'clock. Now, there was no fear of kidnapping this and that because, you know what, in my neighborhood, all the neighbors knew each other. Everybody knew whose kid was whose kid. If anybody came into the neighborhood that was a stranger, everybody took notice of it. And all parents watched each other's kids. All parents had a right to yell at someone else's kid. Nowadays, if a kid gets out of line and you yell at a kid, the parent comes to your house and says, don't ever yell at my kid. No, your kid was screwing off. Your kid was doing something stupid. You know what? You don't yell at my kid. You come to me. You tell me and I'll take care of it. See, it didn't used to be like this. It used to be where everybody can... You know what? The village raised the kid. Everybody was in charge of raising each other's kids because we were a community. That doesn't exist anymore. The community aspect is gone. It slowly went from community to play dates where you would drop kids off to specific houses. Then play dates simply became, you know what? Different events, different camps, soccer camp, music camp, this camp, that camp, the other camp. And it's pick up the kid, drop the kid off, pick up the kid, drop the kid off. The social aspect and the social interaction with children died somewhere in the 90s. I think that's a huge problem with our society. Huge problem. The smartphone technology, the computer technology which drives kids to look straight down into their own lap is a huge problem. There's no more interaction. And when they do interact, they only know how to text each other. They only know how to message each other. They don't even know how to sit and have a conversation with one another. And when they do and they are having a conversation with one another, they're not even looking at each other in the face. They're looking at their phones because they're texting somebody else. This is a huge problem. And because we allow kids to get wrapped up in their own world, Guess what world we are now alienated from? Their world. I think this is a huge problem. The the lack of communication, the breakdown of communication between parent and child is huge. Now, I have said it over and over again. You are not your child's friend. And you are not. You are there to be a guardian. Your kid has friends. 
What your kid needs is someone to give them guidance, to give them the type of guidance they can't get from their friends. If you rel- if you relate to them as a friend, guess what? They lose that respect for you as a parent. There's nothing wrong with your child having a fearful respect of you because ultimately you will know if you were raised the way I was raised, that fearful respect comes from a place of love and guidance. The other thing with the TVs, everybody's got a TV in their room. Again, we'd go out five o'clock, you'd come home and immediately it was do homework or the other thing we all did six o'clock at night. We in my family all sat down for dinner together at one table No TV on. Now, back then, we had really one TV in the house. Cell phones didn't exist. And if they did, it was a tool of the very, very elite rich. When we sat down at that table, it was about conversation. There was no outside distraction. You sat down. You ate the entire meal. You cleaned up your dishes. Then at that point, if you had homework, you did your homework. Then there was one TV in the house. We gathered around the TV. That was our social time. Watching and doing things together. Dinner together. TV together. You learned to, you know, agree on which shows you were going to watch. What, you know, and listen, I had two older brothers and an older sister, so I didn't really have first shot at which show I wanted to watch. And in fact, you know what I was? I was the remote control because back then there was no remote control. So when someone had to change the channel, it was Vinny, go change the channel. But it's about being social within your family. It's about being social within the community. When that went away, you started to see these numbers increase. And look up Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website and look at the statistics. Sometimes numbers lie. Other times like this, they don't. They really don't. So let's get into what's really the dangers in school, okay? Is it someone showing up with a gun, going wild and shooting everybody in the school? Or is the danger the way your child is being related to or not related to on a social level? And whose responsibility is that? And if anybody out there says it's the teacher, shame on you. Shame on you. It's not the teacher. The teacher is there to do one thing. Teach your kid. Provide the tools and information your kid will need to get through life, to read, to write, to reason, to understand, to communicate. Tools your child will need in the workforce, in society, in whatever endeavor they so choose. When it comes to socializing your child, that is on a parent. And if there are kids committing suicide out there and involved in all kinds of drug issues and everything else, if there are kids out there that are getting guns and coming to school and shooting up a school, I'm sorry, that's on the parent. That's on the parent. You have to look at what your kid is doing, how your kid is being socialized. And if you want to talk about a real danger in school, if you want to talk about what's really going on in school, look at the the public school Department of Education website. Here's a statistic that will blow your mind. A lot of people, and again, the media feeds certain stories because, again, it has more bite, okay? In public schools, 
the odds of your child being sexually abused is 100 times more likely than a child being sexually abused by a priest. Now, if you look at Halloween costumes, if you look at jokes between all types of comedians that put information out there, if you look at people like Bill Maher who hate religion, every notion about sex abuse for some reason immediately goes to priest kid. Always. I don't know why. When the fact is, in a public school, that odd of your child being sexually abused is more than a hundred times more likely. If I told you right now you could put your child in a situation that's dangerous, or you can put your child in a situation that is 100 times more dangerous, which situation are you going to put your child in? Now, this is not, I am not advocating for Catholic school versus public school. I'm not doing that. What I'm doing is I'm trying to show you what our media does, how our media tries to pull you away from real news, real information, and create a distraction. So the first distraction we've seen is, you know what? Your kid is in danger because they have access to guns, and a kid with an access to gun is going to go to a school and shoot up a school. No. Lie. Lie. Does that happen? Yes. What's more likely to happen? Your child commits suicide. And by the way, let's look at the statistics. Let's go back for one second with regards to the acts of violence and mass shootings since the the Newton, Connecticut incident. In 2013, 2014, while that one website, which I just talked to you about, uh, Every Town for Gun Safety, says it was 74, it's not. It's 15. And again, you can go to the CNN uh, website and you can look up. This is what I'm using as a statistic. A closer look, how many Newton-like school shootings since Sandy Hook by Ashley Fance, Lindsay, Lindsay Knight, and Kevin Wang. CNN, it's a June 19th, 2014 news piece. Okay, Four, 15. 15 is the proper statistic. Now, that is 15 too many. However, let's look deeper into that statistic. Of those 15, seven happened at a college. So this isn't about grammar school anymore. Seven of, seven of them happened at colleges. And when they happen at colleges, you're talking about Here's the first one, January 15, 2013, Stevens Institute of Business and Arts in St. Louis, Missouri. A part-time student shot and injured a school employee, then shot himself, according to St. Louis police. Not really what you would call one of those mass school shootings. Santa Monica College in Santa Monica, California, June 7, 2013. A gunman killed four people during a rampage that began at a home near a college campus, police said. He opened fire in the residence where people, where police discovered two bodies. Then the gunman shot a, at a passing car and carjacked another. The gunman forced the driver to drive onto the campus and shot two people in a passing vehicle. Another victim was shot outside the campus library authorities. Again, this is not exactly someone going to a school like Kent State, like Newton, Connecticut, and just start opening fire. So it's important that we see what we're talking about here. With regards to these school shootings, what's actually happening, what the statistics say, and what's really going on. So seven of those happen out of college. Here's another one. 
January 21, 2014, Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. Student Cody Cousins, 23, opened fire in the basement of the electrical engineering building. Cousins allegedly killed Andrew Bolt, the school said. Both were listed as seniors. The school's police chief said that Cousins left the building right after the shooting and the city police officer arrested him. Cousins was booked on a preliminary charge of murder. Again, not going to school, mass shooting. This is specific targeted events. This is, you know, not these going to a school going nuts. So look at the statistics and ask yourself, what's more dangerous? Someone showing up and shooting up a school? Or my kid committing suicide because my kid suffers from depression, some type of mental anguish, some type of mental disease. And what do we need to treat? Do we need to treat the gun issue or do we need to treat the mental capacity, mental suffering, depression, anxiety, all of these other issues which lead to the event? Now, I'm not saying, again, this is not about gun advocacy. I've told you my position on that. I don't think anyone needs assault rifles. I don't see the need. I have no problem with a right to bear arms. I think they're gun controls. And listen, I live in, I think, the second most strict state for gun control. I think New York is number one. New Jersey is number two. And I can tell you right now, on the list for 2013, 2014, New York and New Jersey are not on this list. California appears three times. Georgia, twice. Tennessee, New Mexico, Indiana, South Carolina, Washington, Colorado, Nevada, North Carolina, Virginia. One of the things you're not seeing there is actually the, the, the huge big cities. You're not seeing, you know, Chicago. You're not seeing Illinois. You're not seeing Ohio with Cleveland and Cincinnati. You're not even seeing Michigan with Detroit. So all of these supposedly violent cities, New York City, Bronx, Brooklyn, you're not seeing any of these states there. You're seeing a, a, a different type of scenario, different state, different setup. It's more rural than it is what you would think big city where there's more violence or propensity for violence. It, again, look at the numbers. Inform yourself, people. This is what this podcast is about. It's about informing you. It's about giving you real information. So what is the real danger? The real danger and the real thing that we should be worried about is your child's mental stability and well-being, and that needs to be treated. That needs to be addressed. And where does it get addressed? It gets addressed in the home. It gets addressed by getting your kid out of their smartphone device. It gets addressed by being more communal, about knowing your neighbors, about everybody knowing each other in the neighborhood, about everybody watching everybody's kid, about not, you don't yell at my kid, I yell at my kid. It's about not going to school and making your kid, you know, as soon as your kid gets yelled at, go yell at the teacher. No, it's about everybody working together. Figuring out rather than immediately, you know what? You yelled at my kid. I'm going to yell at you. And I'm no, that doesn't help your kid necessarily. Okay. Let's start being a community again. And let's start looking at the real dangers. Here's a statistic that will scare the hell out of you. And this is a statistic that the department of education does not want you to know. Look at the department of education website. Six to 10% of all students will be sexually abused before graduating high school. I want you to listen to this number again. Six to 10% of all students 
will come across some type of sexual abuse at the hands of a public school before graduating high school. 100 kids in the class, 6 to 10 of those kids are going to come across sexual abuse. Based on the numbers I've just given you, what is your bigger fear now? Sending your kid to school and thinking your kid is going to get shot up or sending your kid to school and your, your kid is going to get sexually abused. And again, the focus is always put on the Catholic schools. Think about this. If you took the actual enrollment in public schools starting from kindergarten to high school, take that number, add that number up nationwide, multiply that number by 6 to 10%. You know what? Screw it. Don't even go 6 to 10%. Don't split the difference. Use the lowest possible number there, 6%. Add up all the kids in public schools across the country. Multiply that number by 6%. That number is greater than the entire enrollment of kids in Catholic schools. So, again, what is this about? Am I trying to be a proponent of Catholic schools? No. Don't draw that conclusion. That's not where I'm going with this. Where I'm going with this is, again, our media. What is our media doing to you? Our media is trying to divert you from the truth and the real dangers out there. The media is going to get you to focus on the Catholic Church because they want to divert your attention away from what's actually going on in public schools. This is happening in public schools, people. Now, public schools... Do not keep these statistics on more than a 10-year basis. So they will take these stats once every 10 years. They don't like to keep these numbers. You know why? Because if these numbers became public knowledge, you're going to be scared out of your mind to send your kid to school. So what do they do? They divert you with, with other information, school shootings. We've got to do gun control. The Catholic priests, they're touching kids. Not happening in our school. That's a lie. Again, what is this podcast about? What have I been trying to do? This is the fifth episode. Provide information. I'm trying to inform you. I'm trying to wake people up. I'm trying to get you to become more educated about what's going on. And again, trying to point out to you that the media does not report news. The media creates news stories. The media diverts you to where they want to divert you. They do not want you to know facts and information. They want you to know their facts and information. I'm trying to help you realize what's really out there. And at the same time, sure. And, and what do I do? I always call myself out. I'm trying to grow the Vince August brand. I'm trying to get myself to be better known by providing this type of information. Hell yes. I want you to say, you know what? I was listening to this podcast and this guy's talking about stuff they're not talking about in the media. This way, you know what? This can become more mainstream. Does that have an effect on me? I'm becoming more popular, increasing my potentially my income because this is for free right now? Of course it does. Am I going to be a hypocrite liar and not tell you that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yes, I want this podcast to be huge. I want to eventually have my own talk show where I can talk about this stuff. So you know what? So when Rosie O'Donnell goes on The View and talks to you about gun violence and kids shooting up schools and how we should stop guns and, and you want to make your child safe, you know how we make your child safe? We get rid of guns. Bullshit. 
That's not how you make a kid safe. How you make a kid safe is you provide them the type of social interaction they need so that they're not committing suicide, so that they're not killing other kids. We get them the type of help they need that we don't just throw medicine at them. We try to get health insurance companies to cover psychotherapy. We try to get people to become more communal to know one another as opposed to live in your, your own house with the fence. And if someone talks to your kid, you don't yell at my kid, I yell at my kid. I'm trying to get us away from bringing our kid from soccer to music to CCD to this to that to the other thing and then bring him home and then just make him this little programmable robot where we drop him off from place to place to place. I'm trying to create a sense of community here and awareness that what we're doing in our society is wrong. You know what? We have autism and we have, oh my God, what is it? 136, 142 different levels of autism. Since when? Since when? When I was a kid, you never heard of autism. You never heard of it. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's categorized. You know what we were categorized as? Good kid, bad kid. Bad kid needs more attention. Good kid, give them the attention. Let them know they're doing a good job. But now what do we do? No, good kid, bad kid. Bad kid falls into one different type of level. Let's not call him a bad kid. We're going to call him autistic. And listen, I'm not saying autistic kids are bad kids. That's not the point here. What What we do now is we take kids that have issues. We put them into a spectrum. And then we treat them within this spectrum. And we isolate them. That's better. Really? That's better. So now what we're going to do is we're going to remove kids from different levels. We're going to separate them and treat everybody differently. Well, you know what? That's great. And then they turn into adults. And then what? Then what? Where is the the special differential treatment when they become adults? It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, people. There's no levels of autism at American Express. You go work for American Express, they don't say, all right, well, on this floor, we have the accounts payable, accounts receivable, and these are the people that are, you know, they're working well. Then we have an accounts payable and accounts receivable section that deals with our autistic employees. No, that doesn't happen in our society. And what I'm saying is not that kids shouldn't be categorized, not that kids shouldn't be given attention. Kids should be given attention and should be developing in a group environment. The second you start pulling kids out of classrooms, the second you start differentiating kids, the second you start doing that, you're separating them. You're now putting them through a sifter and separating them. No, you've got to work on getting these kids to be assimilated with one another. They've got to learn how to adapt and work together. That's the only way this is going to work. That's the only way this society is going to work. And how do you do that? By giving them the attention they need. By giving the kids that maybe aren't categorized the information they need so that they can work with, socialize with the kids that are categorized. Instead of, let's get them the hell away from each other. We've become this separatist society. Let's segregate. Let's separate. Let's put everybody in different departments. Let's give everybody a different category. Let's give everybody a different name. The only thing psychiatrists are doing right now is coming up with different names in different categories. What they're not doing is treating. Treating because you know what? There's no insurance available. There's not The care isn't there to treat. So what they do is they just write reports on this kid is this, this kid is that. 
Same thing with teachers. We have teachers in closed classrooms with special ed kids. And those special ed kids will never come into contact with the other kids. Great. That's great. That's what we want to do. That's what our society is. No. What our society should be is figuring out a way to get all of those kids into the same classroom, assimilated together, so that you don't have these situations where a kid knows they're different and they're committing suicide. Or a kid knows they're different, showing up with a gun, and then start shooting. So what's the problem? Is it the gun? Or is it the system we've created that eventually pushes a kid to a point where their only resort is putting a gun in their hand and more often than not, killing themselves, hanging themselves, cutting themselves, drug overdose. Where are these school shootings happening? Since Newton, Connecticut, seven out of the 15 in college and they're not mass school shootings. Unintentional injury, suicide, that's what's killing your children. What are the real dangers in school? Is it school shooting? Or is it the fact that a teacher is 6 to 10% likely to sexually abuse your child? Before they graduate school. What are you really afraid of? Now that you've heard this podcast. What are the things that concern you? And if you've listened to this podcast. The first thing you should be thinking to yourself is. You know what? I got to do some research. I got to get my ass on the internet. I got to see what the hell's going on here. I want to see what's going on in public schools. I want to see what's going on with these school shootings. You know what? I want to see what's going on with this sexual abuse issue. Inform yourself. Educate yourself. Okay? Listen, this is right in your backyard. You know, I talk about ISIS and Ebola. Nobody wants to talk about it. Okay? Because, well, you know what? It's not really affecting me. One person has... Okay. Now I'm tackling a topic that affects everybody. And if you want to run away from this topic, you want to hide from this topic, you want to bury your head in the sand, shame on you. Again, this is about bringing awareness, people. Okay, fine. You don't want to talk about Ebola? Me neither. Because you know what? The the odds of getting Ebola, minuscule. We talked about it last week. You got a better odd of dying from the flu, 30,000 to 1, than dying from Ebola. You have a better chance of marrying Kim Kardashian than you do dying from Ebola. I agree. You don't want to talk about ISIS because, you know what, I don't want to talk about terrorism. It scares me, and you know what, it's happening somewhere else. It's not happening here. Look, since 9-11, we're fine. Everything's fine. You want to bury your head in the sand about it? Okay, fine. Bury your head in the sand about it. Now I'm in your backyard. Now I am in your backyard. Now I'm in your living room. Now I'm in your house. Now I'm in your kid's school. Now I'm in your kid's room. Am I close enough yet? Have I hit a place close enough where now you're saying to yourself, you know what, this, this Vince guy is really trying to make me think. He's really trying to wake me up here. And you know what, I didn't realize the news was so focused on gun shooting to try to divert me away from the fact that my kid could be sexually assaulted and sexually abused. Six to ten out of every hundred kids. I thought this was a priest problem. You guys keep shoving down that this is a Roman Catholic Church problem. My kid is 100 times more likely to be assaulted in a public school than by a priest? Really? Really? How come you're not telling me these statistics? Guys, again, this is a a topic that is, 
you know, very serious. It's one that I've always wanted to tackle because I see the way it's handled in the media, <laughs> mishandled by our media. This is part of the problem with our media, the misinformation, the misguidance, the diversion away from the truth. Again, let's divert the truth. Let's get into something else that's not, you know, that, that, that will kind of hide the real fears, the real worries. Okay, and to me, when somebody like a Rosie O'Donnell or a Mayor Bloomberg gets all caught up in the gun ban and the gun control, why are they doing it? Why? Because the same reason everyone does everything in the media, it's because the gun lobby is the big fish. That's the big game. There it is. That's the 21 foot shark that's i caught the great white shark i took on the gun lobby i took on the nra who wants to really take on the public education system and deal with sexual abuse yeah i don't want to scare people into thinking their kid you know every time they go to school this is a possibility and who's the enemy there who's the enemy there it's school teachers. Eh, I don't want to do that. No, no, no. Gun lobby. That's that's sexier. That's that's a better. That's a better, bigger, better target. That's a bigger trophy. Okay. You know what? We don't want to talk about suicide, and how parents and and our our system is failing at home, and we don't want to talk about how our medical insurance isn't providing psychotherapy, social social care. Okay. And all types of different therapy. We don't want to talk about that because then that takes on our medical insurance and our whole medical system again, you know, and our lack of coverage issues. Now, we don't want to go after that because then that, that takes on Obama or Bush or whoever the president is. And, you know, depending on who the president is, if you take on Obama, you're a racist. And, you know, if you take on Bush, well, then you're a liberal. And, you know, again, all that nonsense. These are the real numbers. These are facts, folks, and, and I'm giving you where you can all find this stuff. Again, Center for Disease Control and Prevention website, leading causes of death. I gave you the CNN link, okay? Department of Education, public schools don't keep statistics on child molestation. Look it up. Google it. Inform yourself. This was one of the more serious podcasts. Um, I, I don't want to get into, you know, jokes and, and quick hits on this. Um, I wanted this to be about information. I wanted this to be important. Um, and hopefully I woke some of you up enough and I got close enough to home this time to make you say to yourself, wow, you know what? Yeah, this is some good information. This guy's really trying to wake us all up out there. Um, other stuff going on with me, just to give you some updates. If you are local to New Jersey, I will be um, performing at the Gilda's LOL event. On Sunday, November 2nd, at um, it's Bergen Academies in Hackensack, New Jersey. I'm actually heading down to Washington, D.C. this weekend to give a speech to the Phi Alpha Delta pre-law chapters. I gave a speech back in Arizona in August, and they wanted me back. They said I had a huge effect. Um, again, if you live in Bergen County, New Jersey area, I will be headlining Bananas Comedy Club November 7th and 8th. One show on the 7th, two shows on the 8th. Um, you can catch me throughout New York City. I'm a regular at Caroline's. I'm starting to make my way into the different clubs, Stand Up New York. Find me on Twitter. Find me on Facebook under Vince August. 
Uh, again, I want to give a big thanks to John Haber, Deck 3, D-E-C-3. Deck 3 is the name of the band. In fact, I'm going to go out with their song, but as always, I want to give my favorite quote from Mr. Walt Disney. Whatever you do, do it well. Do it so well that when people see you do it, they will want to come back and see you do it again. And they will want to bring others and show them how well you do what you do. Everybody have a great week. Again, if something comes up in the meantime, I will be more than happy to tackle it on. Uh, We will call it episode whatever that week is plus a half. Okay, everybody have a great week. Some deck three for you on the way out.